0: 10, 9, ignition sequence starts. 6, 5, 4, 3, 6, 2, 1, 0. off.
1: On lift off. Liftoff. 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 Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. It is Sunday, February fourth, two thousand four,
0: two thousand twenty-four. Sorry, sorry two thousand four. <laughs> wow. Should I start again? Now forget it. <laughs> no, you
1: don't. Um, I'm Doug, and this is Deb. How's it going, Deb? It's
0: going good. Really
1: last week you were in here. Did some prep work. Wasn't uh...
0: I just in here?
1: <laughs> it seemed like you were. Wasn't here. that
0: last week? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we're doing some. Uh, we're doing some fill-in shows. Deb, uh, that's why I say I last suit Deb in here. Um, doing another George Adamski, The Flying Saucers Have Landed. It was uh, George and Desmond Leslie's book from 1953. Um, again, our episode five and their chapter six. Um, George has a very storied, And for those of you who can't see, I've got some pictures up here. If you want to see the pictures, um, watch us on Rumble or um, YouTube. I will You'll be able to see the pictures up here. But my apologies. Um, there's George on the top of a. Um, there's George. He's got a very interesting. He said he met some Venusians, and you know he's authored a couple books. Um, he was actually. He would people could actually go to his house, um, and discuss the UFO phenomenon. He was big back in the fifties, and uh, he was, uh, you know, very storied you know I was just to say storied past very interesting past and a proponent of the UFO, UFO phenomenon there's this picture little UFO, he's got some photographs UFO photograph and drawings um, and uh, you know and there's George there discussing uh, George discussing his UFO experiences so um, we'll get started with chapter six flying saucers and sound perhaps the most puzzling feature of the flying saucers is that most of them with some noisy exceptions streak through the sky in complete and utter silence
0: wow a good example of how this strikes people was given by mr salt at a newspaper man with 12 years reporting experience, who, on July 18th of 1952, saw a lovely luminous orb, Man, there's a lot of those. Mm-hmm. the apparent size of a penny, glide through the night sky some miles to the southeast of his river edge, New Jersey home.
1: He said, planes make noise. This object was silent as death. It was moving too fast and too evenly to be a balloon. But I wasn't frightened at all because this thing looked so peaceful and so serene. There wasn't any appearance of menace. The, uh, September 9th, Evening Star, Washington, D.C. I think that's supposed to be 20. And uh, oh, I'm sorry, it's 22nd of July, 1952.
0: That is just how many other witnesses have described their feelings. They have been overwhelmed by the beauty, the serenity, and the silence.
1: But now, Ray, how can these objects move through the air at speeds varying from a gentle amble? up to 23 times that of sound, without causing some kind of commotion. A commotion which, by all the rules, should discomfort every eardrum within
0: miles. Miles. That is the distressing, perplexing thing about these saucers. They potter along from the speed of an old car to rates many times greater than that of the earth's rotation, without a murmur.
1: Everyone who has heard a jet aircraft in flight will know from painful experience that they shatter the placid air into a thousand screaming knife-edged fragments. Wow. The jet is a noisy thing, a crude, a boisterous thing, a thing of sheer brute force. Nothing more. Brute force concentrated to the limit of physical endurance. And brute force, (laughs) by its very brutality, is limited to the speed at which it can push things through the physical
0: atmosphere. Oh, that's deep. Wow, he's getting... Yeah, that's very poetic. He said a lot of coffee when he wrote that. (laughs) But saucers have been seen to travel silently beyond this limit. With what conclusion? That the forces involved are not brutal, are not material in the physical sense, that they know no barriers, just as the radio wave knows no barriers but can penetrate air and solid wall with little loss of power?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing when... when you see people, you see these interviews. It's like it made no sound. Right. And when we have, when I go to MUFON meetings, if we get, you know, we have people that have seen these things, and they, did it make any noise? No. It's like you almost know what they're going to say. Yeah. No, it didn't make any noise. It's just something that was flying. To suggest that matter exists in higher states than the gaseous was high heresy until radio waves were discovered.
0: High heresy. That's right. And today, to suggest that matter exists in states even less tangible than the known radiations is to risk a round drubbing from the pulpit of physics, which, like its medieval counterpart, knows best what is good for men to believe and is swift on the scene with a bell, book, and candle against any threat to what's what. Very forceful.
1: There are no unknown powers the kind technician-physicist assures us from behind his stockade of test tubes and instruments, to which one asks humbly, How then did the Egyptians and the Persians, the Chaldeans and the Aryans, and other ancient races attain to such high knowledge and to sustain from their great civilizations, not for centuries, but for thousands of years, if the whole premise on which they built was ignorant superstition, Deb. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> this guy's got
1: some, some
0: powerful <laughs> I told thoughts. you this one was deep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How
0: did they achieve such feats of building and science, some of which cannot be duplicated today, if the subtle forces they knew and controlled and described in their copious records never existed?
1: There are no subtle forces, says the well-educated expert. No. Then please tell us. By what magic art works your radio set, your television receiver? What solid, tangible, obviously known material force makes it possible for a comedian entertaining the studio staff in one place to bore simultaneously a family watching in another? By what magic does this Marvel come about?
0: What would he have done with an iPhone?
1: <laughs> How does it work? <laughs> How does it work, Deb? How does an iPhone work? Magic. It's magic.
0: By electricity, radio. There are birds flying right at our window. <laughs> by electricity, radio waves comes the reply, not quite in such simple words, but in phrases resounding in high technical vocabulary, backed up with elaborate diagrams said to show why it all works. Far from showing the cause, they merely demonstrate a few incidental effects. But quote, it works by electricity. That's right. That's it doesn't
1: say why it works. The diagram doesn't show why it works. So. Oh. How it works, so it doesn't tell. It doesn't tell you how it's doing it. It just does it because of what's the stuffs in there. I think I know where he's going with it. He's dirting the scientists again. He doesn't obviously like, like <laughs> yeah. Bill would not be happy about yeah. this. In the name of all hallowed humbug, will someone tell us just what is electricity? Do you know what electricity? It's
0: fizzy stuff. It's fizzy. <laughs> fizzy stuff in the air makes your hair stand up.
1: Is it something you can go into a shop and order by the half pound?
0: doesn't weigh. Or is it
1: just one of the demonstrable effects of a further force behind what we call electricity?
0: Um, The ancient scientists, so scorned by the moderns who never troubled to study them, found it to be the latter. And this power behind electricity they named hot. Which they represented by the fiery serpent, the eternal dragon, and its subdivisions by the serpent of seven
1: heads. People can look at what faux hat is. I don't know. I should have. I tried to. There's a couple of terms in here I actually had to plug in what they make. Because I'm like, what is this? I've never heard of this before. Which conveys, with meditation, more to the intuitive than talk about vibrating atoms. Quivers in the Ether. ether. Tiny particles of something intangible bouncing about like billiard balls what what is electricity what is electricity
0: let he who says he knows be dubbed liar and stood in the pillory as a lesson to all spreaders of fantasy is electricity anything of itself or merely one of the effects like magnetism of causes still beyond our ken i should
1: have looked up what is
0: electricity i'm thinking that. since 1950s we've probably learned a we learned about what electricity.
1: it is bear in mind this was 53. Yeah. the builder but do you know what it is i mean you know what it is we you know how it works i mean it's just electromagnetic I'm not, stuff i'm not yeah. an electrical engineer i know nothing <laughs> Yeah, me neither. The builders of the first luminous bodies to fly through space claimed they knew and could control the fiery dragon and the savages who built the great serpent mound of Ohio were wiser in their generation than the whole white-coated mass of modern research workers who think they will all ultimately pierce the veil with their physical senses. <laughs>
0: uh.
1: Oops. For- what-
0: <laughs> for let us face the sober truth with all of our remarkable progress we are no nearer to answering what it is than we were when we first discovered that certain metals and chemicals in a jar induced a weak electric current i really think we've come a long way since kind of like when we put
1: two sticks into a potato and ran a wire between them. <laughs> that was have you ever seen that one? Oh uh, yeah okay this is serious okay we have performed many wonders We have measured and cataloged countless variations and improvements on the original electric jar. We have found a thousand ways by which this force can be utilized and controlled, but we came no nearer to the answer till Madame Curie discovered radium and opened the gate to a second aspect of the seven-headed serpent, the mystic fire of the alchemist, of which the current that lights our homes and the force of the atom bomb are two of the manifest results
0: Wow. physical science is a science of how's and what's how this makes that happen what does that to which arcane science is little interested in detail and incidental trivia but seeks ever to penetrate upwards towards the ultimate absolute why when this is grasped however imperfectly the details will take care of themselves
1: find the outline before filling in the frills the secrets of the cosmos can be gained only by reaching for its heart, not by examining small fragments of the outermost skin under powerful microscopes, which, aller- <laughs> allegory, Allegor-
0: allegori- algorithm,
1: algorithmically speaking.
0: <laughs> no, it's an allegory, not allegorism.
1: Allegorically speaking is all that happens in our laboratories. What's your dog working at?
0: I don't know did you leave that door open
1: uh, you can look while i'm reading
0: physicists think those who really think that ultimately a time must come when they shall have measured in all fullness the depths and the heights and the breadth of observable observable words i can't say that a worlds. library this i can say worlds. I can't say the other <laughs> one a library the size of the world they may need to contain it, but slowly and ev- inevitably, that's a hard one too, they will come up against the remorseless solid of a wall, a ring called pass not, beyond which thought, if confined t- to its present limitations, cannot continue. In vain will they search the wall's unyielding surface for signs of the answer, but they shall not find it written there. I think you may have left a door open.
1: The attitude of thinking that we knew everything is not quite so prevalent today as it was at the beginning of the century, when even people like Rutherford calmly remarked that nearly all the major discoveries of science have now been made. Many an idol has fallen since then. Was the door open?
0: No, he's out in the living room just barking Just in barking the air. his head off. <laughs> Something, for no reason our dog moved outside the front doors our dog
1: has had surgery so we can't let him hop on the bed in the extra bedroom everybody any max fans out there that will give you an update we're the, so we're having a call with the surgeon deb will be this week to see if he can now jump off the bed
0: no, i already ordered stairs <laughs> he's
1: got He's got a ramp to go up, but he's, he's not allowing him to go down.
0: Nope, I ordered he, stairs. For he's going to say, down.
1: screw those stairs and jump down anyway.
0: Well, then I'll keep the door closed.
1: <laughs> oh, that's not nice. I don't care. That's, i are <laughs> killing his fun.
0: I'm here to protect the dog. That's you, my job. Yeah, but
1: having fun is important. Okay.
0: And slipping another disc is fun. <laughs> no. Suicides in the laboratories. Falls from high places. Professional chairs stand empty. I think not. Nothing has ever toppled the expert from his throne, nor shaken orthodoxy in its pulpit.
1: They can prove successfully that black is white and white is green, but their flocks shall never desert them.
0: Successive towers of Babel arise, each pointing to heaven in totally opposite directions until the joke has gone far enough. Then comes a divine chortle. Olympian laughter rolls down from above, toppling the structures back to dust.
1: How long shall it go on? How often must it be repeated? Till God makes a God out of man despite himself? But there is hope. Each year fresh evidence is thrust beneath the myopic spectacles of the savants. Each year the gate of knowledge of the states beyond matter is forced wider until... Unwillingly, the white coated hordes will be pushed through it with much lamentation as their discarded theories settle gracefully in the waste paper basket. Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> in the meanwhile, let them concentrate on producing bigger, better hydrogen bombs and reach the supreme limit of sheer brute force as opposed to subtle power.
1: I think we're going to see where he's going now with us. <laughs> we're making stuff to blow stuff up instead of making a better world so now you all know (laughs) now in order to sustain the physicist on his this throne of infallibility it is necessary to preserve certain illusions of these perhaps the most deliberate is to rear young minds to believe without hesitation or suspicion that we have the privilege to be members of the most enlightened and progressive humanity that has ever adorned this life-suffering planet.
0: Wow. So it comes as a rather painful shock to any who rashly peruse the more ancient literature of races that perished tens of thousands of years ago. To find a strong suggestion that there existed previously not one but several humanities Greater, wiser, more moral, and more advanced in certain aspects of natural science
1: Absolutely. than ourselves. Yeah, their buildings, like their thoughts, have defied time. Their books, such have, as have survived translation, cause one to pause and wonder. A glance at the laws of Manu is enough to make our civilization seem like a mechanical jungle.
0: That. Chaldean books of astronomy make Hoyle and Jean seem old fashioned. He's doing that on oh, purpose. Oh, yeah, he's bored. And in the rolling stanzas of Dizen 11, which was translated into Sanskrit and Old Chinese from a still earlier tongue, one catches, as far as the modern ear trained to cacophony can catch anything so profound, an echo of the music of the spheres, reducing one's intellectual pride to ground level as it senses the presence of giants. Giants in spirit and in mind.
1: We call ours the Age of Light. According to the Vish, Vishnu Puranas of prehistoric India, ours is Kali Yug, or the Age of Darkness, and some bitingly adept prophecies are made concerning it, each of which has become bitterly true.
0: A recently discovered ancient <laughs> He's doing bastak
1: He's now doing this on purpose. Manuscript. Somebody's going to be reading this someday and they're going to stumble all over it.
0: Translated by Professor Scholem Professor <laughs> in Jerusalem has turned out to be an early Hebraic version of the Dizan, a Tibetan origin UFO occult topics. Now what in the name of this age of darkness and superstitious has all this got to do with flying saucers? And how is a delve into archaic languages going to solve and shed light on the problem of their subtle power? Hmm?
1: I I was wondering that myself. I think it has a lot to do with it. When you stand out of doors, do you hear radio waves whizzing in with the light of speed? I do not think anyone ever has heard them. And yet, by turning a knob in my room, I can happily pick up programs and speeches from different parts of the world and even more blissfully, turn them off again.
0: Wow. So bitter. I have never seen nor heard anything in between the studio and my radio receiver. Yet there must be something connecting the two or my receiver would be unable to receive. I admire the skill with which the maker has assembled this miraculous instrument. Again, the iPhone really freaked him out. And admire him for not going mad as the awful, omnipresent why stirred ugly in his mind.
1: But possibly... It did not stir. He knew what would happen if he connected which tubes to what wires, and it all happened just as the book said. So he went home happily to bed and slept undisturbed by these wonderful anxieties. With that I could share his innocent peace of mind. Unfortunately, I cannot.
0: Just freaking have a drink, dude. (laughs) Radio to me is a complete mystery. I have asked experts how it works, and they have told me what sort of mechanical processes go on inside the box. But none of them have told me why. Because that's the reason. I can only try to tell myself. And myself keeps telling me repeatedly, murmuring the words, subtle forces.
1: It just works, that's all I know. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> Yeah, but if you think about it, well, how, how does it work? How does it go through solid? How does it, how, you know, back in the days when we had... Well, now it's our internet. It goes through solid... How does that work? All this data and everything? It's magic. It's it's magic. That's the answer. So naturally, I felt a humble filial affection for the authors of the archaic documents when I came across similar ideas more explicitly and conclusively stated. People are going to be listening to this going, what the
0: hell? (laughs) Just just, move on, people. He's lost his mind. In
1: 1951,
0: some remarkable photos appeared in the weekly magazine illustrated showing tables, chairs, and furniture flying in the air and careering around a fully lighted room. To the apparent hazard of the occupants who were dodging out of the way as quickly as possible, lest they got hurt by a levitating chase long...
1: I think it's supposed to be Lounge.
0: No, it's Lounge.
1: Oh, is that real?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, What's
1: it's, a Chase Lounge?
0: It's Chase Lounge, but that's how you're supposed to pronounce it. I didn't know that.
1: There was no doubt as to the pictures being genuine. Many such phenomena are on record. The fact that I have never personally witnessed such a performance is no grounds for denying it. Did you just look up Chase Lounge?
0: No. Likewise, <laughs> it would be foolish to reject all evidence of objects living as well as dead that have from time to time apparently defied the laws of gravity and sailed up into the air.
1: Especially gravity, about which we know little, except that what goes up must usually come down.
0: That's a a good rule. Newton put this more explicitly, but threw no light on the nature of this terrestrial magnetic force, any more than today's Newtons can throw light on the magnetism in general. As we know so remarkably little about magnetic currents, either induced or planetary, it is safe to assume that there are, not necessarily exceptions, but conditions under which the rules are broken, so far as our limited knowledge understands those rules.
1: Yeah, Sir Isaac Newton, I remember when I was a kid, you he was sitting, he was just propped up against a tree with his little colonial hat, and and the apple just kind of falls, it's like... (laughs) That light bulb went on over his head. That's gravity. How'd that light bulb go on already? You just gravity. discovered gravity. It's gravity. We still cannot explain to a schoolboy who rubs glass with silk how it is that the glass becomes positively charged and the silk negatively. We think we have transformed negative electricity, whatever that may be, to the silk. But we could equally well have transferred positive electricity to the glass because somebody just made up. Did they just make that up? <coughs>
0: Whatever happens, the fundamental question as to why this should occur remains completely unanswered. The explanations given with other experiments when heavy furniture moves into the air without tangible support is that spirit hands are at work. Call them spirit hands if you like, but would it not be safer to say that a second force opposite to the Earth's magnetic pole has temporarily been brought into action?
1: And what brings these other forces into action, Deb?
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> by all that one can see, it appears to be activated by that little-known force called the human will. You
0: know, electricity has nothing to do with it. I don't know. Okay. George. George
1: is, yeah. uh, makes...
0: Experiments with sensitive apparatus have proved what the Sanskrit and sensor writers always knew, that the human brain emits electric currents. That thought is or causes an electric impulse. I wonder what I could power with my brain.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, people can move like bin spoons and stuff. I don't know. However, the ancient writers go further. They seem to think that the brain current is very, very powerful, if not the actual current emitted by the brain. The current it can induce in surrounding objects is powerful enough to rage huge rocks into the air.
0: Uh huh. The button that starts a great machine is weak enough in its thrust one finger power to be precise but look what it can do the mighty bridges that open the liners that cross the ocean the high speed lifts of a scrape skyscraper are all startled started wow, by one little finger pushing one little button
1: suppose now that the tiny impulses in the brain if properly directed could harmonize Get the correct wavelength with much greater forces. What would be the result?
0: Subtle control of mind over matter, not brute force such as a steam pulley, nuclear explosion, but subtle control, a thousand times more powerful and efficient. Just think. Just gotta use your brain. Just think. Think hard.
1: <laughs> the stones of the Great Pyramid's central chamber, weighing seventy tons each, and brought hundreds of miles. Stonehenge, the colossal stones of South America ruins, the great monolithic gate of Tiahuanco. Why use such colossal, unmovable stones when smaller ones would have done just as well?
0: well I, we can't ask them. Because yeah. they could. How were the 15-ton polished casing stones of the Great Pyramid fitted to an accuracy of plus or minus 100th part of an inch without modern machinery? How were they fitted at all, for that matter? Yeah, how were they? We've done we've done our stone blocks around here, and you, you smash like them hundred tons.
1: A, they, I mean, I yeah. smashed my finger on a little one. Just imagine if you, what would happen with that hundred ton, be, seventy ton, I'm whatever
0: not, it is. I'm not going to do all your carrying.
1: <laughs> Obviously, it was the UFOs.
0: Of course, it was. Or
1: it was you know the Anunnaki or whatever. Yep. You know who moved those stones?
0: Slaves.
1: Let us, well, you don't see really, there may be pictures of, the, you know, back in the Egyptian times of them putting, you know, a bunch of logs down on the ground and then a bunch yep. of slaves pulling them with ropes, mm-hmm. you know, I That's mean. how it goes. A thousand slaves. They had a lot of slaves back then. <laughs> yeah, but then they moved them, they said they, they were too big to put, they couldn't have moved them across these mountains and stuff, but yet a 70 ton, what, <laughs> what boat could they have made to put a 70 ton block on? You know, it just just doesn't happen. Let us not start to probe too deep here yet, Deb. Lest our minds be drawn to the awful possibility of a race whose civilization might make our own look like a slum for backward children.
0: Damn. Let us leave the Great Pyramid in Egypt, where it has remained for ten thousands of years, and where it will remain for tens of thousands of years after the last vestiges of New York and London have crumbled to dust and come back to the question of things that appear to defy gravity. St. Teresa of Avila, according to Miss V. Sackle-West's interesting biography, it's valuable as coming from a non-Catholic and impartial source, which a few things do, (laughs) tells us that she used frequently To ri- oh, she used to frequently rise in the yeah, air yeah. and levitate at the most inconvenient oh, moments. All of a
1: sudden, she just goes up.
0: Don't look at my skirt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> On one occasion, this happened during a visit of a neighboring abbess, And St. Teresa, from a point near the ceiling, was overheard to chide the Almighty in no uncertain terms for making a spectacle of her.
0: In this, she was unfair to blame her creator for a phenomenon that arose only from the undirected power of her own colossal intellect. By accident, she had hit off the wavelength that causes opposite forces to the Earth's magnetism to come into play, and the result was, quite rightly, according to the superb logic on which the mighty universe is built, that she sailed upwards until the ceiling arrested further progress.
1: I quote St. Teresa as a possibly better-known version of this occurrence, although many other examples are on record. Possibly the most interesting is the case of St. Joseph of Coppertino, a 17th-century Italian monk, who could not only levitate at will, but also sometimes carried passengers and freight into the bargain.
0: <laughs> you carry that over there.
1: So he levitated, carried people, and freight. And oh, Lord. I, mean- I think he's trying to say that may have had a craft or something i don't know
0: on one occasion the friar was seen to pick up a heavy wooden monumental cross which 10 workmen had failed to manage and fly it several yards to its appointed resting place the calendar of the saints makes interesting reading in the history of flight without wings for it lists just on 200 saints more or less adept in this amazing form of transport <laughs> went to Catholic school and they didn't tell us anything about no flying saints. He
1: didn't go to the right one.
0: Oh, you go yeah, go yeah. to the
1: other one they talk uh, about that. Uh-huh. The Eagle and the Dove Professor W.J. Crawford published the results and findings of some 67 experiments in levitation under strict laboratory conditions in which tables, chairs, bookcases and living hum- living human beings not dead were were raised in the air and moved silently around the room
0: and some good pictures were taken by Mr. Leon Isaac showing furniture levitation during the experiments described by Mr. Harry Edwards. Harry Edwards. Please.
1: Now Harry, Harry, <laughs> Harry, he said Harry. <laughs> hey, what has St. Teresa got to do with flying saucers? St. Teresa had the furniture move silently and without any sign of visible or audible power. As per W.J. Crawford the I don't know, DSC, yeah. The Reality of Psychic Phenomena, and uh, by H. Edwards, The Mediumship of Jack W. Weber. Yeah. This is a difficult reading sometimes. The mediumship. mediumship.
0: Do I then suggest that flying saucers are moved silently through space by the colossal wills of their inventors and builders? Not necessarily, but I do believe that would be possible. Why are you so clingy?
1: <laughs> Dog is here.
0: He's been here, he won't leave.
1: I say not necessarily because a voluntary levitation, according to those who have succeeded with it, is a very strenuous operation. So the mental force requiring, required for propelling a spaceship over White Sands testing ground at 18,000 miles an hour would give even the greatest of beings a headache.
0: And yet I say it would be possible, but not for us mortals, there was a tradition among the Egyptian magi that the sign of a true priest was his ability to fly in the air or to levitate at will. By this feat alone was he to be known and recognized as a true scientist of ancient wisdom. I don't.
1: Well, if they can fly, then I think something else is going on that, you know, <laughs> have we lost that power over the years?
0: We're not saints.
1: I say from south america come strangely coinciding legends not legends originated by the present natives but tales bequeathed them by earlier greater races who disappeared leaving behind those splendid monuments without explanation or apology
0: according to the legends in the olden days everyone could fly lord wow. everything was so light cool. great stones could be moved in the old days Men could fly by singing a song and striking a plate. That's from Harold T. Wilkins in The Secret Cities of South America and Mysteries of Ancient South America.
1: I don't know if they're singing a song. Maybe it was just that they, that craft made a noise that thought sounded like a sing song. Do the first two echo anything concerning levitation? Do they not suggest a forgotten race who had mastered gravity? What about the third? A properly pitched note can bring, break a mirror. Is it beyond the realms of possibility that if a sound were completely understood in all seven aspects, it might be harmonized to the electrical magnetic forces that produce levitation?
0: I don't think so. You don't think so? After all, we have already succeeded in harmonizing it with radio waves and made it travel with the speed of light instead of the lumbering speed of a jet plane. I think he, the, the modern jets might freak this guy out, too. Yeah. And our grandfathers would have had us certified if we had even hinted at the possibility. Well, our
1: jets still make a hell of a lot of noise. That doesn't change much. Yeah,
0: but they probably go a little bit faster. Lumbering so, speed?
1: Come on. So why, well, lumbering compared to 18,000 miles an hour okay. across White Sands okay. to Mexico. Okay. So why cannot sound be harnessed or transformed into further unknown forces? What is the word of power we keep coming across in the ancient writings? This mighty sound, known only to the adepts and initiates, before which all matter bowed. A sound which reaches its mystic apex in the fiat lux. Let there be light. And there was light. The word of God, which causes things to be. Wow. Wow, well, it's getting deep now.
0: We find it in every ancient race and scripture. The Popol V, the South American... <laughs>
1: <laughs> the South American <laughs>
0: quiche, wow, Bible. Quiche. I didn't know there was a Bible of quiche. says, then came the word, let the, the emptiness Bible. be filled. Let the waters recede and make a void. Let the earth appear and become solid. Let there be light. Earth, they said it, and instantly it was made.
1: And that's Genesis 1, goats and morley and popol vu. Some ancient tablets found in Mexico read... The first intellectual command was: Let the gases which <laughs> scattered throughout space—that made me think of something—be <laughs> uh, collected together, and with them, let words be formed. Worlds. Worlds be worlds. formed. Oh, wow. We're okay.
0: forming worlds.
1: Then the gases were brought together into whirling, circulated masses.
0: The gases, the became, gases became masses. masses. <laughs> the second intellectual command was: Let the outside gases be separated so that they form the atmosphere and the water. That's from the com- cosmic forces of moon. In both, we see the word, command, or cosmic vibration as the cause of each new f- manifestation. Seven in all, corresponding to the seven days of Genesis.
1: The sacred stanza of Zen, Zion, said to be of Atlantean origin, contains the same ideas at the beginning of stanza, stanzas of Zen as given in the Sacred Doctrine, Volume 1. The last vibration of the seventh eternity thrills through infinitude.
0: The vibration, oh the wind is really starting out there. The vibration sweeps along, touching with its swift wing the whole universe. Darkness radiates light, and light drops one solitary ray into the waters, into the mother deep of space. The luminous egg curdles and spreads in milk-white curds of nebulae throughout the depths.
1: In this brief abstract formula, we see a clear hint as to how a new nebula comes into being. From a vibration uttered on a higher plane to the milk-white curds we see today in space through our strong telescopes. Well, they can see a lot more now with Hubble and everything. And You'll
0: the bet. James Webb. Everything we call matter is not material matter at all, but radiant energy. That's from Sir James Jeans.
1: That how where Jeans came from?
0: Yeah. How did the ancients know about nebulae, solar systems, and the rest? And what have they to do with flying saucers? I
1: was thinking the same thing.
0: Uh-huh. Where, uh huh. The are we Popple.
1: The Popple Vu says they, the first race of men, were able to know all. And they examined the four corners, the four points of the arch of the sky and the round face of the earth. I mean, it's theorized that even before ancient man, there was man. Okay. You know what I mean? Just, just to let you know, Dan. Okay, I mean this is, goes way back.
0: Okay. St. John describes the Creator in the beginning of the manifest universe as a sound. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was within God. John 1.
1: It was at this point when I was doing this that I felt like it was a little bit appropriate right. that this is Sunday.
0: <laughs> Preach. Preach.
1: This sublime but now lost knowledge of the word. It's kind of, I don't know, it's interesting that he discusses it. I mean, i never looked at it like this before. The sublime but now lost knowledge of the word, the Tao of the Egyptians and the Alm of India and JV. JHvh and I had to look this up. It's the name for God in the Old Testament, Yahweh, which I spelled wrong. It's translated from the Hebrew consonants YHvh. Of the Kabbalist has now generated down to pantomimes like Open Sesame and the party conjurers Abracadabra. That's
0: a horrible song, by
1: the way. The Steve Miller. Oh, I hate
0: that song.
1: They're gonna come up and grab you.
0: Yeah, don't start. But even in their debasement, cause it's, that easy up to going down. How do you see it? It's going to. I just okay. know it because you've seen that pine tree across the street. It's just,
1: yeah, it's going to probably end up in the living room. So that's okay. <laughs> but,
0: so if we go away, that's what happens. But even in their debasement, these are memories of the sonic power, which could, when uttered in divine or improperly developed human minds, cause solid atoms to form and worlds to appear out of primal chaos.
1: How very confused and lost it now is and it is liable to become even more so on the noise and jangle of our civilization. For the mystic word is uttered in this silence of the mind. One must be very quiet inwardly if one is to sense its faintest echo.
0: And uttered in the perfect, controlled silence of a developed mind, I believe it will do many strange things, move tables in the air for the benefit of photographers, Lay fifteen-ton blocks micro-accurately on in place on pyramids and move flying saucers, perhaps.
1: Yeah, one of the other theories about the flying saucers, UFOs, UAPs, is that the beings inside them act don't. And there was no controls because if you look at because if you look inside a flying saucer, tent, I do that all the time. Did, there's no control that you know, with Bob as Bob Lazar was discussing. He was in one. Um, they don't really control that they their mind. They have a suit. They have their little like suit that they wear, and it somehow communicates through their mind into the. It just tells it. Is their mind just tells them okay. this thing where to go? You need to know these things. I do. <laughs> Can you see in imagination a highly developed being in his space vehicle uttering the correct vibration, which will make the propelling forces obey and thrust him through the void? Towards our atmosphere.
0: And then, on entering this, our ocean of air, whose nature he perfectly understands, under a second vibration that will smooth out and completely neutralize all the jagged rendering disharmony of a solid body being thrust through by sheer brute force.
1: Are we having a hurricane out here? Yes, we are.
0: (laughs) They said, remember, 50, 60 miles an hour.
1: Wow, that tree's not looking good. I hope ours over here just goes (laughs) down. Me too. But he is not using brute force. He understands air and all its hidden properties. As a result, he respects it. He uses gentle, harmonious forces that do not push and shove and heave and rend, but part it smoothly with courtesy and scientific good manners. How oh,
0: nice. And when we have won a little more true knowledge, we may be able to do likewise. At the moment, we have only learned how to kick things out of the way.
1: Uh, yeah, and what I think he's trying to say is, you know, that they do it the cool way. And we're just
0: we're jets
1: and rockets and bombs. And, you know, we're just, bu- you know, bullishly moving our way through life. And so That's right. I kind of see what you know, I see where it's kind of taking us. So uh, we'll wrap it up. Thanks, Deb. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Let's watch the trees go by now.
1: Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Alien Probe Podcast. We welcome comments, questions, or requests to Alien Probe Podcast at gmail.com. Visit us, visit us on Facebook. Check out our website, alienprobe.net. Twitter and Instagram at Alien Probe Pod. Rumble. Like and subscribe. And also YouTube. Go there. You can see our. Uh, The pictures of uh damski here i'll kind of go through these as we're finishing up he had some pretty wild pictures and uh illustrations and he talked to the venusians so um i look forward to uh going on with the uh, next part of the book yay and uh watch the skies Deb.
0: okay i'm watching